0: It's Friday evening, and the grant results were supposed to be emailed to me by 5 p.m. It is now 5.01, and I've been obsessively checking my email for any kind of sign. Jack is building Lego. Adam is building Lego. That's the sound of Lego being shuffled. is the sound of obsessively updating your inbox. Oh, that's a text from Miriam. She said she called the grant agency and they said ah, the results are only going to come in at 6. Okay, another hour. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Tally, and you're listening to First Day Back. This podcast is about getting back to work after six years with my kids. I've applied for a small grant to develop a film, and that's the email news I was waiting for in the previous clip. If you're just tuning in now, this podcast is chronological, so I do recommend you go back and listen in sequence.
1: So I've called uh, Jacinthe at RTV and uh, we're going to have a meeting with her in about two weeks.
0: That's Miriam, my producer. To refresh your memory, the film is about the Faya, a program to teach job skills to kids in a disadvantaged neighborhood here in Montreal. The kids build a huge sculpture over the course of a summer and then burn it to the ground. The financing details can get a bit intricate, but the gist of it is this. A producer can raise more money than I can do alone. So if Miriam can raise enough money to shoot, we'll make the film. If she can't, there's no film, and I'm back to square one. That grant I applied for on my own is a small amount, just enough to compensate me for my research. And on her side, Miriam can shop it to broadcasters, and if a broadcaster says they'll air the film on TV, it gives the project credibility, and we can get more investment. There's some time pressure here, because we want to be shooting this summer, and that's faster than these things usually work. Also, Miriam is having a baby really soon, and she'll be on her own mat leave. She's starting with a broadcaster called Art TV that focuses on artistic themes and have aired two of my previous films. These meetings, by the way, usually take place in French, because the project will be in French.
1: The mission of Art TV is being... Uh, how do you say grand public in English?
0: Like uh, general public.
1: Yeah, it's for the general public, but as well, it has to have an artistic side. So I think FAYA, it's perfect for them because it has the artistic side of building this this culture. But at the same time, it's social and it's a reflection. And and they know you, don't They You've worked with them. Yeah, yeah,
0: She tells me about two other broadcasters she's targeting, and she thinks they're all good bets. We get along super well, so I decide to come clean. I tell her this is actually my first project in over five years, and I ask this. As a producer, like, what do you think when you see somebody uh, like me who's kind of disappeared from the filmmaking landscape for a little while? Like, do you have concerns? Or are you thinking to yourself, like, well, she hasn't really been around much.
1: You know what? I didn't even know because I thought you were working but with somebody else you know I I was aware that you had babies and I didn't know that you've stopped and it was a rational decision and
0: so you're worried now
1: no I'm not you know because it's well maybe it's because I'm pregnant so I hope (laughs) people won't forget me while I'm I'm gone so why are you so concerned about this What's the difference um, I think between just taking time off and...
0: Uh, no, I think any freelancer, when you are out of the picture for a little while, you think that everybody's forgotten you for sure. And then if you've come back after a while, there is definitely the feeling that um, maybe people are insecure that you've lost your touch.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, th- is it this question, these questions, are, are they more important for you because it's, they are linked to maternity as opposed to as if you, you've decided to go around the world and you know travel for two years. Would that be more acceptable in your...
0: Yeah, probably because people would think it was a really exciting, amazing, stimulating time if I had gone around the world, but people are probably thinking that I didn't do that much interesting when I'm on maternity leave. Is it me who thinks that being with my kids isn't perceived as valuable time? Or is that the way it's seen for real? Miriam didn't seem phased. Sometimes things come at you at just the right time. My friend sent me this long quote from Patti Smith, one of my favorites. She's talking about how after her husband died, she had to get back out there and make money. So she started releasing music again. Here's what she said. When I started doing interviews, people kept saying, well, you didn't do anything in the 80s. And I wanted to get Elvis Presley's gun out and shoot the television out of their soul. How could you say that? The conceit of people to think that if they're not reading about you in a newspaper or magazine, then you're not doing anything. She goes on. I'm not a celebrity. I'm a worker. I've always worked. I was working before people read anything about me, and the day they stopped reading about me, I was doing even more work. And the idea that if you're a mother, you're not doing anything? It's the hardest job there is. Being a mother or father requires sacrifice, discipline, selflessness, and to think that we weren't doing anything while we were raising a son or daughter is appalling. It makes me understand why some human beings question their worth if they're not making a huge amount of money or aren't famous, and that's not right. That's the end of her quote. You know, everybody uses those cliches that mothering is the hardest job there is, but to hear it from Patti Smith, that she was off being a mother and when she came back, all people saw was this empty space in the arc of her career, well, that feels really good. I need to acknowledge that where I live, in Quebec, there is a very family-friendly maternity leave policy that was a big part of me taking that time. Parents here are allowed a year off without losing their positions, and get between 55 to 70 percent of their salaries for that time. Mothers and fathers can split it between them. I know that's not the case in the U.S., though many parts of Europe have comparable policies. I've been reading up about it, even in academic journals, though that's not my thing, and there's no doubt that these policies benefit both children and their parents. It's a pretty safe bet that if you're listening to this podcast, you believe in parental leave, so I don't think I can say enough how useful it is for parents. Tori Marlin is a freelance journalist who's in a pretty similar situation to my own, transitioning back with two young children. She's from the U.S. and wonders if having that policy in place makes people value the time differently. You're Canadian,
2: and yeah. you sort of have built into the social system some value in motherhood and in taking a year of maternity leave and in being guaranteed to have your job back after after your leave. And that's something in, in the States that we don't have. So I, I just wonder... Like, if you're brought up in this culture that kind of respects that space, if that does something to you psychologically, the way women process, you know, motherhood and career and... and... I,
0: well, because I don't think those policies have been in place for very long, I don't think it's ingrained in the culture in, this, in that way. Mm. Um, I mean, the one-year mat leave is... It can't be more than 10 years old. I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, that motherhood is more valued in society as a whole here. I don't feel that on a day-to-day basis. I feel like every day of my life, everybody I meet says to me, when are you getting back to work? And all I actually feel like is that I'm working all the time because dealing with the kids is so much work. And the question of when are you getting back to work was sometimes so insulting because it made it seem like paid Work outside the home, career work is the only work of value, right. and even friends would say to me, "When are you get? What, oh, you're not back at work yet. When are you getting back to work?" And I was like, "What I'm doing here is of some value." Right? No,
2: it does. I, I do think there's a stigma. Right? There is a stigma, in some way. You know, there was um, I have a book here, Justice, Gender, and Family, and I remember I think that's the one reading. Um, there was a thinker who had proposed that employers should send separate paychecks to the stay-at-home spouse to because in acknowledgement that the work that the other partner is doing could not be done effectively or well without the support at home, and so that um, employers should cut two paychecks. And I just always have loved that idea, and it is like, you know, you give value monetary value to to this because it is work the fact that you're not getting paid and it's valuable it's just there's this disconnect like we we know it's valuable we're taking care of our kids we're helping you know raise members of society we are showing love and affection and care and attention and 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 that is so necessary and so important
0: and then you feel like well I'm not asking to get paid to love my kids. (laughs) But then it's almost like, because in capitalism, the only thing that, the only way to show that it's valuable is to throw money at it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the drop-off with Adam has been improving. He's not clinging to me like on a sinking ship anymore. But it's still not easy. Daycare is mostly affordable here, and so it's much more common to have your kid in daycare than hire nannies. Adam's daycare is in a small church. It's so cozy and so homey. It's almost nicer than my house. But he's three, and it's not his house. His teacher, Joanna, is the sweetest person to have ever walked the earth. But she's not his mom. The literature says it's beneficial for children to form attachment relationships beyond their parents. So I'm going with that. I'm also feeling a bit absurd that I'm sending him to daycare more because I'm working on my podcast about how conflicted I am about sending him to daycare. But anyhow. At the beginning of the year, the daycare asks you to bring in photos of your family for the kids to keep in their cubbies when they're sad. And Joanna told me that at naptime, Adam holds a picture of me and stares at it to fall asleep. Here's Adam. Adam. This interview, by the way, includes a silent battle of me trying to stop him from touching the microphone, hence the thumping sounds. How are you when I leave you at daycare? Because I love you. When I leave you at daycare, usually are you okay or are you crying? Crying. Because I don't like you to go don't want me to go? Yeah. Well, where am I going when I go? To work. And then Joanna told me that you hold a picture of me for a nap time. You hold the picture. Do you hold a picture of me a nap time? Yeah. Just for a while. I hold it tight. Tighter. Why do you hold it?
2: Because I like
0: it, Mama. Yeah, because I like it. Because I love it. Because I love you. You brought no pictures. You look at the picture of me so you remember me? Yeah. Because I don't forget you. (laughs) heartbreaking, right? But in some perverse way, that clip is what I want to hear. Maybe I'm at a point where I need to hear that even though I'm starting to be around less, they still need me. I've been feeling so ready suddenly to be getting back to work. It's like that part of me was dormant and now I'm super awake. Maybe I need them more than they need me right now. I'm also starting to notice my family leaving hints that they're okay with less of me. Case in point, at Hanukkah, one of the gifts I gave Jack and Adam was coupons. Things like getting a coupon to watch an extra TV show, when to go to the arcade with their dad, go to the corner store to choose a special treat. The only one they both didn't redeem? A date night dinner alone with mom. I guess it just wasn't a hot commodity. Too much supply, not enough demand. Okay, now it's like, oh, it's 6.03 and there's still nothing.
2: You need to stop checking the email. <laughs> if you don't
0: remember his voice, that's David, my husband. <sighs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my God, there's an email. Now I don't even want to open it. Okay, I'm not going to open it. Ah. Uh, Bonjour, vous trouverez un pièce jointe. Okay, an attachment, the results, hold on. Oh my God, okay, 71.43% of the requested amount. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Congratulations, nice work. Oh my okay. God. Yay. I'm a filmmaker again. You're back. You want a glass
2: of wine to celebrate? Yes.
0: You know what it is? It's... Not even the money, it's the vote of confidence. Okay. What? Nice. Money. Okay, cheers.
2: Mama? Wait, yeah? Mama. Mom. Can you have supper? <laughs> I wanna right
0: now. Hold on. <laughs> We're just celebrating. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Congrats. Cheers. Wow, this feels good. This feels really good. <sighs> I'm shaking a bit. it. Feels really good. Jack, I got some money to make a movie.
1: Look, look, my plane will go on here. I'll have a special piece, and I'll put it here, and there will be dots on the top so I can put the plane on it. Look, look.
0: I'm gonna try this again. Jack, I got money to make a film. <laughs> bottom line getting the grant was a good first step but it's just that a first step i am still a long way away from my first day back join me next episode as i keep trying to move it all forwards first day back podcast has a facebook page you can like and a twitter account you can follow for updates and info also if you like first day back please subscribe on itunes and now it's on the stitcher app for android phones both those places encourage you to get your listeners to rate and review, so I'd be grateful if you did either. Also, I'd love to hear from you, so drop me a line if you have any feedback. Maria Shamus-Turner was the associate producer on this episode. Also thanks to Tori Marlin, Miriam Berthelet, Megan Price, Marcy Denisak, and my husband David, who is not only tolerating having his life aired like this, but has also dealt with my website and all the podcasting stuff. Musical thanks to Poddington Bear, Ending Satellites, and Jazar of the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening!